Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. It's Dr. Homebrew, everybody. I think we should keep this rejoinder music going here a little bit. This little intro music. little rock and roll. Woo! Woo! All right, that's enough of that. You know, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm, I'm getting kind of a little too old for this kind of music. I, I just, I recently turned 36. You're not going to get a whole lot of sympathy from the rest of the room here for that, JP. <laughs> I've noticed you have a, a very eclectic taste in music. Sometimes we come in, you're playing, you know, Holland Oats, which is lovely. Other times it's like some raunchy old classic heavy metal. <laughs> yeah. Other and and then it's, tonight it's it's, they might be giants. Just yeah, and, you and know, the beard's getting great. Cranking flood, and I love it, man. That's great. Yeah, I'm a yeah, I'm a weird person. <laughs> as long as you're proud of it. I don't know that I am. I you have are. to figure it out. You are. It's what you're all about. Is it? I don't know if it well, should okay, be all about so you it. Tell, so you're about being a normal person. Tell well, me about no, that's it. tell it. me how you tell me about your happy childhood like all the others. Yeah? <laughs> you're absolutely right? correct. Okay, you're absolutely correct. Let's get this shit out of the way. All right, I uh, I really love my mom. She was uh, I don't know. How's everybody doing tonight? It is Doctor Homebrew, of course, as always, every third Thursday, or at least we try to be on uh, on point with that. We are here to record two brand new live shows. Uh, well, they're live to the you know eight people listening. Uh, to m- most of you, this is going to be a podcast, and I, I, I do want to say thank you very much to everybody who's been downloading the shows. We are climbing up the BN charts, so to speak. We are uh, slowly but surely overtaking every other podcast on this friggin' radio station, and uh, it's because of you guys. So thanks very much for tuning in and and putting up with uh, weird ramblings such as me getting old. Right, and, and we like climbing. Yeah. Climbing's fun. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's like, good exercise, right? Yeah, it's like being a monkey on crack. You go up fast. <laughs> That's right. And the, you come down even faster. That's right. Anyway, we have a good uh, good show lined up for you tonight, but before we get too far uh, into what's happened today, I do want to thank, in addition to you guys, I want to thank our sponsors. Of course, the beautiful and ever-popular Five Star Chemicals. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com. You can ask for them at your local homebrew supply store. And what are Five Star Chemicals? They are the PBWs and the Star Sands of the world. They enable you to make better beer. Anybody who ever brings a beer into me uh, and there's some issue, it's always because they're either using that kind of, you know, one-step cleaner or the thing where you just mix with water and it cleans and sanitizes at the same time, or they don't even know. Uh, my friend recently, <laughs> he has some friends opening up a... Uh, uh, a commercial brewery, a nano brewery. You know, these nano breweries are like the end thing now. And uh, up in uh, up in the Pacific Northwest somewhere. And uh, he's like, look, we're not making good beer. Can you get, can you come up and, and, and help us? And my friend works in the industry. He's a commercial brewer. And he goes, yeah, sure. Why not? I'll, I'll, I'll fly up there. So he goes up there and, and he tastes the beer. And he's like, yeah, it's not very good. Um, tell me about your cleaning regimen. Well, you know, we, we clean real well. You know, we, we run PBW through everything. He goes, okay, cool. Uh, and then what do you do? He goes, and then we rinse it out. He goes, no, okay, you don't have to, but, you know, and then what do you do? Oh, then we transfer the beer into the tanks. He's like, well, that's not exactly. So they weren't sanitizing anything at all. So it's important to do both. You can't really do both effectively all in in, 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 in all-encompassing chemicals. So go to fivestarchemicals.com. Check it out. They do have uh, a list of things that you can kind of look at and make sure that you're hitting all these little benchmarks for for sanitary uh, purposes. For sanitary conditions and clean conditions in your brewery, which are very important. Uh, go check them out. They're on Facebook, too. Love them. They are your best friend. We also have Brew Toad. If you're interested in learning about recipe formulation and you want a, uh, a website that kind of does everything for you in a very easy-to-use format, BrewToad.com is for you. You can go on, make an account. It's totally free. I think they have over, I think, 43,000 brewers on there now. It's insane. Everyone has their recipes logged in. You can go search for recipes if you're looking for a, a, a weird kind of style to brew. 
head on over to Bruto.com, check them out. Also, if you are interested in looking at the recipes that you find on the show tonight, Bruto.com slash Dr. Homebrew. They have actually archived not only all the audio, but they have the BJCP score sheets that the guys fill out. They have the recipes linked from the homebrewers themselves. So everything's in there. You can go and learn about all these kind of styles we're talking about and, and, and what goes into making a beer that's pretty good. And, and we have, you know, in general, had really good beers on the show. So if you're trying to hit one of those weird styles or even, you know, just a straight-up American brown, I think, one we have here, um, you can check out this recipe on brewtoy.com slash Dr. Homebrew, and we'll, we'll get into that too. But uh, Dr. Homebrew is sponsored by Brewtoad and Five Star Chemicals. They're our favorite people in the world tonight. Speaking of tonight, we have a couple... What beers do we have, guys? We have a uh, a chocolate... Uh, where did my notes go here, dude? Wood-aged chocolate uh, robust porter. There you go. Wood-aged chocolate robust porter. And the other is an American brown ale. And these are brewed by Eric and Josh. And we'll get Eric on the line shortly, right after this break. Uh, I want to introduce you to Brian and Lee, my co-hosts, the judges, the doctor in Dr. Homebrew, if you will. I'm surprised you guys survived the windy jaunt across the bay area to come into the studio tonight it was like yeah flying monkeys to get here there were like tumbleweeds flying across the freeway and yeah. all kinds of stuff man I road closure there's a spinnaker up in the little car and made double time <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like the little tumbleweeds i was telling lee earlier it uh, it makes me feel like i'm in one of those car commercials where you know you're the mom and you're driving home through this wooded area and suddenly there's a rock slide and you have to swerve because you have precious <laughs> cargo in the car and it just it made yeah. me, it made, made it real fun. Driver's Ed so situation. You're the mom driving home in the car. I'm the mom driving home in the JP car. JP yeah. fantasizes about being a mom. Okay. I do. Well, who doesn't? Moms really? are great. They they are, except when they look like me. I mean, I'm getting too old to bear children. It's you know, 36 now, guys. Are you having that change? <laughs> I'm, I'm getting these flashes. <laughs> well, you guys are all bundled up, and I'm in a t-shirt here, and it's uh, it's terrible. Well, I mean, it's. it's like you were going to be bearing children at 26? <laughs> Man, I don't know. I'm getting to that age, too, where it's like, you know, everyone around me is starting to get engaged and married, and and some, some of my friends are having kids or even younger than me, and I'm going, what is going on? Why? Welcome to the new decade. It's where we get to deny middle age for the next 10, 15 years. That's what it is, isn't yes. it? Yes. <clears throat> Why is that? That's where you are now. Why is that? Yeah. Well... Why are we it's doing better that? than just turning to crap it at 35, packing it in. <laughs> I guess. I've been trying to do that since I'm 33, 32. Just All pack it in. Just like, I'm Go done. I can't, I can't deal with it. Then just do it. It, it is weird getting older because you, you kind of, I don't know, uh, start caring a little bit more about where you come from and your family history and stuff like that. And my grandmother recently just turned 90, and uh, she was telling me for the billionth time how she met my grandfather. But what I didn't know is they knew each other for a month. Before they got married. And she was engaged to another man. Hmm. So they met. She left this dude and got married to my grandfather within within a month. And they were together for like 47 years till they kicked the bucket. That's, I don't know. That's crazy. Sometimes impulsive choices are the best ones. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Don't second guess yourself. She's getting that Navy pension, so she's fine. Whatever. A month later. from now, you could be happily married, JP. And just could be. That's right. To someone you don't even know right now. Of course, I can't really say that. I don't want to get into too <laughs> much should, trouble. No, please, yeah. yeah. We I don't want to get your trouble. avenging angel on my trail here. <laughs> don't bring us water anymore. Well, you know, I think uh, Darn it. working in downtown Martinez, uh, she's pretty safe with me meeting anybody who, mm-hmm. up, up to her caliber. Good point. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's take a break, and we're going to get Eric on the line, and we're going to drink his beer. And we're going to learn all about the Oak Age Robust Porter back after this. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, 
Santaclean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today. What does craft beer mean to you? Is it a delicious way to support your town's local brewer? Or perhaps it's the perfect beverage to pair with those delicious meals at your favorite restaurant and at home. Regardless of whether you're thinking of pints or pairings, pilsners or porters, craftbeer.com is the site where craft beer lovers come together to learn and share. Craftbeer.com is brought to you by the Brewers Association and celebrates the best of American craft beer and its brewers. Craftbeer.com is the best place to find craft beer events recipes, great feature stories, the most up-to-date brewery listings, and resources for your next beer tasting or dinner, like style guidelines, pairing mats, and charts. Get the inside scoop on new beer releases and special events from today's craft beer insiders and chime in to share your own knowledge, perfect pairings, road trips, recipes, and more. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. Come along now. It's time for your medication. Get a little bit of that new rejoinder action. <laughs> I like that one. I kind of want to hear it again. I'll play it later. So we turn to Sunday morning. Let's see if we can do it right now. Joinder, where is it? Here it is. Perfect. Right here. Don't crash this. I uh, can't get any worse than it is now. Come along now. It's time for your medication. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh I love Push. He's a genius. Anyway, we should have Eric on the line. Cross your Skype fingers. Eric, are you there? Eric? Hey! 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 Were you messing with me right there, or did you really uh, not hear me? I was fucking with you. You dick. <laughs> He's in Australia. <laughs> uh, man, you already you, you almost sent me into a into a fit because the friggin' video thing wasn't working very well. I had to reboot uh, that, and I was I was gonna slam my head against the wall. I'm I'm coming over good without a uh, external mic. Yeah, yeah. You sound you sound beautiful, my friend. Oh, yeah, you actually sound like a real human. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Echo and everything. It's pretty cool. You knew it would happen one day, and, and you finally made it here. So you sent us this uh, oak-aged robust porter yeah, uh, aged in wood. Have you have you done anything like this before? I have. Uh, that's actually one of the only beers that I've brewed consistently about uh, three or four times. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. All my other beers always, you know, you just always keep mixing it up. That's kind of the one that I've stayed true to whenever I brewed a porter. Okay. And how have you how have you tweaked it out over the batches? Or you you haven't. You've just literally just brewed stayed it the true. same way. <laughs> um, uh, some minor differences in just the type of chocolate malts I use. But this uh, recipe was actually based based off of... The good old Denny Kahn's, uh chocolate, uh, chocolate oak age porter. Okay. Mm. So yeah. So you're ready for it. Ready right. for it. Uh, how long have you been homebrewing, man? Um, just just about four years. Okay. And uh, was this uh, all grain? I imagine. It is all grain. All right. Uh, well, let's let's break one of these things open, guys. There you go. There you go. There we go. And we go. of course, for some reason, the video is not working. Because why would it? <laughs> oh, here I got. I've got a glass going here. Okay. Save a clean glass. Thank you. And so the the oak on this beer was, of course, uh, American medium toast oak. Okay. Uh, oak cubes. Um, 
Unfortunately, I did not have cubes at the time I was brewing uh, this beer, so it was chips. Um, and I did a uh, a small uh, bourbon soak. So, okay. So you know whatever bourbon barrel aged uh, porter. What bourbon did you use? Um, Knob Creek. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, it smells great. I haven't tasted it yet, but that's not me dodging the uh, beer. <laughs> oh, it smells really good. Let's move on. <laughs> good. Uh, that smells wonderful. Brian, why don't you uh, take us down the road here? So this, yeah, this is a uh, category 22 C, and um, you know, um, declared style being a robust porter, it it does uh, uh, present itself nicely as a robust porter, right? Right from the aroma, it has that clean, lightly roasty, rich malt character up front. That's the first thing you smell, and then almost almost a. Uh, uh, lightly musty kind of wood aging character and it's it's got kind of a, a rustic um, feel to it in a way as far as uh you know the wood aging is is not intense and biting like a kind of a stone wood aging you know instead the stone oak derrigan bastard or something like that it's just like a classic kind of wood aged uh, character there followed by just a little bit of chocolate um and you know only a hint of any hops kind of a low kind of earthy floral thing in the background um fruity esters are in check and just kind of generally fruity there um you know nice nice looking beer has a dark brown color um poured a medium tan head that stuck around pretty nicely and you know tightly packed bubbles kind of clinging in the glass and uh in the flavor it's um you know again rich and rich and roasty up front uh, there was some alcohol apparent in there, but it was really smooth. And, uh, the, you know, the bitterness is, is medium low, pretty much in check for the style. Hops, hops low in check, kind of nearly absent, but, uh, you know, a little floral thing in there. Uh, it's just balanced firmly to the malt. And then underneath that, you get, uh, the taste of, uh, some vanillins from the wood that comes through nicely. Uh, smooth and clean, kind of a warm nuttiness in there. It's not harsh at all. It's just a really clean clean ale ferment you know a little bit of booze in there i, I was picking up too and, and so yeah i, I, I was going to ask about that there's just a little bit of that boozy note but it's not heavy at all it's just in balance with everything else which i really like um you know the body's kind of medium medium full so it's not too heavy or big and and uh, uh carbonation is pushing a little higher kind of medium medium high maybe a bit much there but uh i think the second the second one we poured might be a little lower on carbonation. The Definitely, head, yeah. The but been, the first one had two, three inches ahead. It was right up yeah. the top of our little taster. Yeah, three this fingers. It's barely now, got any foam. Now we've got a little bit less. So that first, we judged it uh, just before we came on the air. So, um, looking at uh, at Eric's brew toad sheet, this thing is seven and a half percent. Okay. ABV, Eric. What what did you name this thing, by the way? Um. The. Uh the official name of it is a uh, sex nap porter. <laughs> I thought that but, was important but to get out. Also served. Uh, it was also served at my wedding, so it was the Peterson porter at the wedding. It'll never be the Peterson porter. It'll <laughs> always be sex nap. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was a, a, an appropriate por- part of the beer that we really had to get out, Brian. That's Sorry, lovely. go ahead, please. It, yeah, it is very appropriate. That that makes me feel even better about the beer. Um, I'm feeling tired. Yeah, there's in the the mouth you get a little little alcohol. <laughs> I'm getting tired, little little tingling in the back of the throat from you know, uh, but still it's somewhat creamy and, and not really astringent. It's just a just a smooth beer on the palate too, and uh, I really like that. Um, although yeah, just the carbonation was a touch high in the first sample, but now it looks looks good. So really user friendly porter porter here. Uh, you Very know, much so. What I look for in a wood aged beer is balance, and this has it. Uh, the wood. Like I said, it just kind of comes in underneath. Could even get, come up a little bit more if anything. Um, you know, the the porter could stand up to it, and it's a it's a pretty big porter. It's bordering on imperial, I would say, but still works. You can you can call it a robust porter, and it's you know, well, uh, that's seven seven half probably a little high for for that. But um, you know, you're you're right on the high end of it there. But it's it's able to stand up to everything else that's going on here. The chocolate, you know, even it's declared, but it doesn't really come through intensely. It's just kind of underneath and supporting, but still everything's kind of working harmoniously together. 
oh, maybe, you know, if, if there's a way to dial up that chocolate flavor, get a, get a few more vanillas in there and, uh, you know, dial back the, the ABV just a touch. I, I think this this is a fabulous beer and, and, you know, you could make it, keep making it, keep making it and, and tweak it even a little more. But I give it a 39. So tasty stuff. Thank you. Cool. Wow. Good score. Yeah, that aroma, man. Can't get over that. And there were, uh, I may not have mentioned, but there were uh, vanilla beans also added to this beer post-fermentation, pre-oak aging. Yeah, there is some of that vanilla vanilla character in the flavor there, for sure. Uh I was getting... So it's, it's the bean cheat, the wood age beer, huh? <laughs> Get that vanilla in by other means. <laughs> exactly. Hey, it works. It's good balance. So a question for you. On your wood chips, how long did you keep them in the beer? Um, I believe this would have been between uh, probably, since I used chips, it was probably three weeks at max. Three weeks. Okay. And how many chips per what volume? Uh, per five gallons, it was probably uh, one, uh, maybe just over one ounce, 1.2 maybe. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe one and a half, but no, no more than that. For 10 gallons, you said? For five. For five. Per, yeah. per five, yeah. Oh, per five, okay. Right. Interesting. An ounce, five gallons, for, for about three weeks. All right, I'm, make, like- I'm making notes here to get posted up on the old Brewtoad site. <laughs> um, no, this is, Brian was right. Balance is the key in this beer. You really manage to hit it pretty well. Um, I think the carbonation difference between the two bottles is kind of interesting. It definitely mm. brings out different flavors. And this, the bottle we judged before the show was very, very gassy bottle. Um, it really brought out certain flavors. This one honestly seems almost a, a darker, um, more licorice kind of a beer than the other one did. But other than that, it still has kind of a similar flavor profile, same flavor profile. But it's, it's interesting how the less carbonation is bringing out kind of a slightly different flavor set. Um, uh-huh. Really good balance. Had a lot of nice uh, cocoa flavors in there along with a porter sort of darker caramel and, and some roast flavors. Um the wood flavors and aromas I thought were very nice. It definitely some of that kind of you know woody ligniny kind of flavor you get in most wood beers. But also had some nice had nice wood sugar in it. That kind of flavor, which is really good, and not everybody gets in their wood age beers. So good job on that. Um, very clean. A little bit of sort of a berry and orange ester in there. I got um, no hops detected pretty much anywhere. It's just enough bittering to make it balance. Was very nice on that. Um, the wood flavoring was a good balance with the cocoa that you added in there. I mean, honestly, the chocolate, I couldn't necessarily tell whether it was chocolate malt or added cocoa, although it seemed very much like a clean chocolate flavor like you'd expect from a cocoa. With the balance came in at about the same intensity as you'll get for chocolate malts and a lot of porter. So I think the, the whole sort of three-way balance you had going there was a really good job. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. I'm kind of curious why the carbonation is so different in this bottle than the other one. Um, were they bottle conditioned? Uh, they were not bottle conditioned. Oh, so these uh, they are were bottle fills from the keg. That okay? Yeah, that can be a little tricky to get done right, bottle to bottle consistently. Right. Yeah. And they were all. Uh, they were all bottled. Let's see. This would have been sometime of uh, in February last year, or not last year, but earlier this year. So they've been they've been in the bottle. Same thing, yeah, exactly for right. for quite for quite a while hanging out. Right. Okay. So um, yeah. So I mean, actually, in a way, that takes away the main point of feedback I had, which was the throttle back and the carbonation a bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> but now we get to taste but it. But now way, now too. we get yeah. to taste it that way too. You get the other bottle up here and just blend them. Um, <laughs> um, what else did I find in here that I thought was worth commenting on? I think the roast character, there was a little bit of a ro- darker roast character in here. It was very appropriate to the robust porter. It had a little bit of a chili pepper edge to it, which I get. It's like a jalapeno edge that I get <laughs> in a lot of these, a lot of beers that use, use roast. And I don't know where it comes from. I'm kind of guessing at certain <clears throat> vendors of the stuff, but I don't know. Um, you might want to try a different vendor next time you do this. 
See if um, well, if you can pick it up at all. Once once if you can you know, knowing that if you focus on it, if you can find it, maybe try a different one. See if that's any different. Other than that, I just thought this was a great three way balance. It's a very nice beer. Drinks easily. Uh, not overwhelming flavors from any of the things. You know, it's not like I feel like I've been hitting in the mouth with a two by four here. I gave it a thirty eight points. I thought it was wonderful. Excellent beer. Wow. Nice job. Yeah, I really liked it too. I would even say get rid of those chips, man. Go oak cubes. Yeah, I I cubes for longer for like yes, a month and that, a half. I, I prefer the cubes. I just somehow you know couldn't uh, couldn't get my hands on them. It's like oh shit, I need to oak age this beer today. <laughs> well, that'll happen. <laughs> I like chips for ferment for fermenting, but uh, yeah, for aging cubes, man. Yeah, but sometimes time is of the essence. You, time you, is yes. you always have to take that nap. Right. This always needs to be the sex nap. <laughs> right. For sure. <laughs> Eric, do you have any questions for the guys? Um, I don't. I I just had my, my last bottle of this beer uh, not too long ago, and I was picking up on the same kind of uh, carbonation notes that was a little bit adding to the uh, stringency at first, but... But slowly fading. I guess that must have just picked up a little bit more over time uh, with kind of a high carbonation at bottling or something. We're drinking the um, last bottles, huh? Yeah. It's hard to say. The first bottle was really gassy, and the second bottle was, was is more, I would say, British levels at best of carbonation here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Can we talk about your uh, chocolate process a little bit? What did you do with the chocolate? What kind of chocolate? Uh, chocolate's all chocolate malt. Um, okay. In in the original recipe, I think Denny Khan just specified a one base, you know, three fifty chocolate malt. I have tended to split my chocolate malts out to about let's see. Four uh, percent of a chocolate three fifty, and three and a half percent of a pale chocolate two hundred. I really like blending those two. That's that's a fun way to go. You get a lot a broader a spectrum of the chocolate flavors that way. It does yeah. almost taste like just you know uh, an American kind of bittersweet chocolate bar. It's hmm. it's nice. Interesting. Yeah, I always go with the pale, but but no cocoa blending, nibs huh? using this beer. No nibs. Good. Those are for suckers anyway. So what did you put in for chocolate then? Just malt, right? Just the malt. Just the chocolate malt. Just the malt. Yeah. Oh, so that okay, it's chocolate character is just all chocolate malt. And that's yeah. that's what that blend will, will get you, Brian, is that uh, kind of the bitter edge of the higher the higher roasted uh, chocolate malt? Yeah, I think you get the nice warm notes of the of a sweet chocolate with the the, the more bitter notes of a uh, you know semi sweet or, or or more you know higher cocoa percentage chocolate in there so um it does kind of present itself as a, as a a richer chocolatiness i think yeah you can play around with that balance too and, and you can do it all one way and all the other and see see what you get though or you know just yeah or you can go for extreme imbalance extreme <laughs> imbalance. well now if eric was to enter this in in a competition you guys gave him pretty high th- what 38s i think right both of you yeah what would he uh, what could he do to to bump his score up a little bit Consistency in the carbonation. Yeah, that would probably be the number one thing. Um, for me, if he could figure out a way to bring out the sugar flavor in the wood a bit more than the lignans, that would mm-hmm. I think improve it. Um, it was it was actually it was the fact that it was there and and no easily detectable at all was kind of a win to begin with. But if you can bring that character out a little bit more, How do you that do would that? be good. Yeah, I'd love to know. <laughs> I mean, right. my my guess is. Um, Kind of my guess on that is maybe more chips for less time. Mm-hmm. No, sorry, fewer chips for more time. To mm-hmm. the, the sugars, I think, last time I heard somebody who really knew talk about this, they said that those flavors come out later. Mm-hmm. You tend to get sort of the boardy, woody flavors of the first things out of wood mm-hmm. when you soak it, and then the wood sugar kind of flavors and some of the other things, the vanillins and coconuts, those, those all come out a little bit later. That's why I would do You don't do want to overdo it on yeah. any flavors. You probably want to put in fewer chips but let them go for longer. But I, yeah. that's you know that's sort of based on – this was um, Brian Thorson. Okay. He used to brew over at Drake's. He gave a talk over at the local club, the, the Doe's Club. Okay. I think before he decamped for uh, Points Midwest and then South. Right. Um, but that he was talking about his experiences with uh, with wood-aging beers, barrel-aging beers. And that's Interesting. what he would pick up. Okay, cool. Eric, does that help you out at all? 
for your next? Uh, yeah, it definitely does. I mean, it takes me back to you know using uh, you know cubes, preferably if uh, if oak aging a beer because you're going to get most likely more of that depth kind of your, that you're talking about. Yeah, I think you can you can leave it in for longer and not get those those woody characters so fast. Yeah, I think no. you get you get more uh, more spectrum with uh, of the flavors. Yeah, I think given that you use chips, you got a really good job done here. Those do yeah. kind of give you that. I mean, I swear, there's some wood aged beers. I've, it's, it's given me like past memory flashbacks of being a beaver chewing down an ash tree by a creek, <laughs> and it's just like, nom, 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 that's wood flavor. Yeah, <laughs> not good. This was very nice. Yeah, it was very nice. Well, Eric, thanks, man. We'll let you go. All right, I'm thanks, sure you, guys. I'm sure, you need a nap or two. Cheers. All right. All right, man. Yeah, thanks for sending beer, and uh, we'll get you a prize pack out from Five Star, which last I heard was like a big four-pounder of PBW and a big thing of Star Sand and some other odds and ends. So uh, look forward to that in the next, I don't know, month, whenever they give them your address. Cool. <laughs> All right, buddy. Take it easy, man. Thanks again. See you. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs> Pleasant beer. Yeah, that was Yeah, that, that was, was a good one. Great. Very nice. All right, well, I think we're up for a break. How are you guys liking this Kolsch, by the way? We're drinking that Flat Tail Kolsch. Mm-hmm. They won the gold medal with at GBF, our little friends at Flat Tail. Pretty pleasant. Yeah. I mean, considering it's been sitting at room temp in the studio for uh, <laughs> a week. Yeah, and it smells vaguely of your feet. Oh, no, that's just your feet. <laughs> that's just um, my feet. Yeah. No, it's nice. It's got a nice little bit of that kind of interesting ferment aroma you might get from a Kolsch, a little bit sulfury, a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's not just a... It's, not just smelling like a pilsner. There's a lot going on. It's got a bright, yeah. bright appley ester yeah. in there. It's cool. Yeah, I like it. We should call the brewer and talk to them. <laughs> I think they right did up. that last week. Oh, uh, he's Sunday, probably, right? Yeah, he's probably yeah. drunk already. Yeah. Right? Okay. All right, we'll come back and we'll be on the phone with Josh. And Josh gave us an American Brown Ale, and uh, we'll figure that out in a sec. Back after this. Hey, dude, you know what beer this is? Oh, uh, no, all the labels are falling off. Yeah, or the ink is run. Well, if it's a pale ale, you're good, but stay away from the quote-unquote Belgian. Oh, man, this guy needs to get some grog tags. Grog tags are reusable, right-on, wipe-off, commercial-grade bottle labels for your brew. The guys at Grog Tag are homebrewers. They wanted great-looking, sturdy labels for your bottles, buckets, carboys, kegs, and growlers. They also wanted a label that not only looks good, but can be easily removed and reapplied during bottling without that nasty glue residue being left behind. No residue, water-resistant, and ice chest approved. Grog tags stay on in water or an ice chest, and they stay legible. Visit grogtag.com to customize your label or coaster from dozens of different templates for free and see how awesome your bottles can look. Ah, uh, it's that pseudo-Belgian. Yeah, we're getting him some grog tags, dude. Grog tag. At least your beer will look good. Grogtag.com. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, More Beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Now count backwards from 100. 99, 98, that's it. 97, 96, Now back. Dr. Homebrew. Another fantastic rejoinder from our good friend Pushy Jack. Oh, yeah, push. that was my favorite part about getting my wisdom teeth pulled. The countdown? Yeah, after that it all sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I counted down about three numbers and then I started hearing heavy metal too. These are going good, man. We need some, some fresh stuff. So I'll be able to rotate them. It'll be a whole thing. It'll be amazing, guys. Don't even worry about it. Mm-hmm. All right, on Skype, on the Skype here, we should have Josh. And now that I know it's working, he can't screw with me. Josh, are you on the phone? 
<laughs> hey, how you doing, there guys? Hey, Josh. Good, man. How you doing? Awesome. Yeah. Thank you much. Why? Why? Why so awesome? Prove it. Uh, mainly because I screwed up the uh, Intermountain Time to Pacific Time. So I thought I was on two hours ago, and I yeah had a couple beers then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're ready to talk? <laughs> oh, heck yeah! We'll get you talking about all sorts of stuff here. <laughs> all right, so Josh, you sent us an American Brown Ale. What did you did. Uh, what did, What did you want uh, us to taste for that for you? What, what do you want to get out of that? So it's actually the uh, Janet's Brown recipe out of Brewing Classic Styles. Never heard of it. Oh, that explains. Yeah. So Damn. unless Jay Z and Tasty are full of shit, I'm thinking the recipe's pretty solid, and I'm probably looking for a process. Okay, process you know, recommendations. Yep. Okay. How long have you been home brewing? Uh, four years now. Wow. That's a so, long time. Have you done this before? Have you done the Janus Brown clone before? I've done it two or three times now. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I've found it probably does a little bit better with a bit of aging for me to kind of mellow it out a bit. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. Well, uh, we'll let the guys be the judge. <laughs> the judge. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lee. What do you got here? What man? Have I got? I've got an empty glass. Oh, oh I guess man. I'm God. Brian, you want to help me out with this here? Help. What do I get? But actually, I have notes, so I don't Beer. need that. I, well, I don't. I can talk without having to have the thing in front of me. But what do we got? Oh, that beer. Yes. All right. Piney, piney, piney aroma. A um, little bit of. I thought. A little bit of a cidery note almost when I first first got it, but it was hard to say for sure, but it, it was there. So this beer, beer pours a huge head. I don't know if the camera's working mm-hmm. on the on the mm-hmm. net today. It sure and, is. And, uh, I mean, poured even more the first time we did this. And it didn't go away for a long time. So this was a big, gassy, carbonated beer. Well, that's going to be... You know, I, I saw this recent thing where we there's... Um, sort of a stand and a, a lens you could add on for like an iPhone to make it into a microscope. I thought yeah. that would be kind of cool. But that would be neat. I spec this thing's probably got about 10-inch focus length, focal length, right? <laughs> Anyways, big hands. It made it hard to get anything about hops and a little bit of a cidery note. That's um, what happens when you, get, when you get nerds into a room with technology and beer. Right, right. And then they give them a camera to point at each other. But we're here to talk <laughs> about the beer. Um, once I got past sort of the, the big gas, off-gassing from the head, uh, low kind of brown malt aroma, hint of caramel, oh. Um, Alta style, pretty much. I thought maybe there was a little bit of a vegetal note in there, but I think it's not like an infection thing. I think it's something else. We'll get to in a minute. Um, pours that huge head, fine bubbles, persi- very persistent head. It's actually a very pretty beer. Uh, nice deep brown color, good clarity. Big, piney, resiny hop flavor. Ah, Sweet caramel, cocoa malt. Interesting. I'm almost getting a bit of root beer this time around. Um that, that's probably the hops. Kind of a citrusy, very piney hop. Maybe a little bit of a berry ester under there. Hard to tell. It's so hoppy. Balance um, towards um, the malt's a bit bigger in this beer. It was fairly sweet. It was enough to balance a fairly substantial bittering, um, but it still would finish sweet. A little bit of uh, some bitter and some caramel, and almost, I, I think, where that vegetal thing I hinted to it was a bit warty. I thought it was perhaps hmm. a touch under fermented. Um, is very uh, noticeable alcohol flavor. What, what's the ABV on this puppy? I believe uh, just shy of seven. Just shy of seven. Yeah, that sounds like something these guys would put together, huh? What did it? Yeah. What did it finish at, Josh? Ten uh, sixteen. Hmm. What is that? What the target is for the recipe? It's ten fifteen. So just a bit oh, high. An extra point. Damn it. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. No, um, medium body leaves a little bit of stickiness behind and almost a touch of slick on the palate. It may have had a whisper of diacetyl. I wasn't really sure. CO2 is very high. Alcohol warmth is substantial and clean. No astringency. It's not really creamy as much as coating, although it's, maybe that's kind of splitting hairs. But it left a little bit of a, a sweet and slick behind. Um, I thought it was a pretty good example of the st- brown ale style by the numbers. Very hot forward, very bitter. Um, the sweetness seemed a little bit much for me in that first first bottle of the beer. It's almost seeming a little less here, but um, it's, it's pretty pretty similar, really. Um, enough so that I was wondering if it was perhaps a touch under fermented. Um, it was very rich in caramel, but I think it was if it was a little bit less sweet, 
it might have balanced out better and not have not have given that set kind of sugary sticky finish to it so i was figuring maybe um using you know fairly to to really nail it right get a fairly caramel forward recipe you know 10 to 15 percent crystal probably which is what you probably did for this um and ensure a really complete ferment you know use a really good pitch of healthy yeast proper oxygenation Maybe even use a bit of a temperature bump near the end, and I'm just waiting for you to tell me that's exactly what you did. <laughs> the last time I gave somebody fermentation advice, they pretty much did exactly what we said they should do when, when they got back to it later. Um, basically, just ensure all the sugars are fermented. I mean, maybe take the mash temp down a step if you think you need to, but mostly I, I was thinking it was not, a not quite complete ferment given by the slightly, I mean, to me, a little bit warty character of it, and also the fact it was really over-carbonated. It's a bottle-conditioned beer. I was figuring um, there may still be a little more residual sugar in here than you planned when you bottle-conditioned it, and that's why it's getting so gassy. That's kind of an indicator of that. Um, so, um, yeah, be careful of that. If it gets too much more carbonated, you could have some interesting uh, bottle behavior on your hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, other than that, I think the vegetal I was alluding to is probably just sweetness and maybe just like a threshold diacetyl, maybe a bit of a grass to the hop note. It's, it's not really something I pick up very much of. I think it's more just an indicator that it is not a, it's about a 90, 97, 98% fermented beer. Still got a few more points, a few more percent to go. Other than that, good malt flavors, good hop flavors. I like that. The balance is good. It's basically seen by a good recipe. It's very interesting that you basically told us what you wanted to get out of this, and that's pretty much what we have in our score sheets. <laughs> a lot about process. So, yeah, it's all about process. Okay, Brian? Very good. I thought the uh, the aroma on this beer was was really inviting, despite, like, like Lee said, it having a pretty pretty substantial head, pushing out a lot of different things. But, it, you know, it, it presented a nice uh, kind of grapefruit-like citrusiness in the hops at first, and... Um, a little perfumey also, but um, you know, pretty high level. It's definitely. I'm smelling this, thinking this is one of the more hot balanced brown ales, like AKA Janet's Brown. Um, but yeah, you know, there's other ones that are that are more malt forward, and and there's kind of a few different ways you can present this beer. So it, it has some room for flexibility and having fun with it. And um, it did have underneath that some nice chocolatey malt and a little bit of caramely in there. Had a hint of a little kind of cold coffee note. Uh, the malt was not too intense, but it was pleasant. And uh, you know, the ester- esters are kind of a little bit. We're a little bit sharp, kind of appley, and, and almost like a sour apple note. But it, it doesn't have any real sourness in it, <laughs> and uh, pretty high kind of fruity esters. But um, there was some alcohol apparent in there too, in the aroma uh, and in the flavor. When I got to that, um, just a, a little bit, kind of a murky brown. Not well, not really. Um, hazy but it, it's not perfectly clear either it's just a kind of a slightly hazy brown, uh, uh, brown medium brown color um had a had a big light tan head that, that stuck around really well and um yeah uh in the flavor you know the malt backbone is there it definitely has some some chocolate and a little bit of uh you know some carameliness and some a little bit of almost toastiness in there but uh it quickly gets overpowered by that the uh, the hop stuff here there's there's the bitterness was was up on the high end for the style i think it it's um it gives kind of a bitter bittersweet chocolate impression but it's combined with the medium sweet finish it, it has that things are kind of fighting in there a little bit um the the hop flavors get a bit muddled but they're still overall kind of citrusy so in the flavor i i I wasn't as happy as I was with the aroma. I was getting this, you know, the nice citrusiness in the in the aroma. And it was promising. Um, some kind of elements fighting with each other in the flavor here, but um, you know, mouthfeel wise, it was there was a little bit of some hop derived astringency perhaps in there, but uh, a little bit of warmth uh, could be big, you know, a little bit big for the for the style. Um, and the carbonation was really high, so I knocked it down a little bit there in mouthfeel, but you know, it still has kind of a rich presentation in the, the uh, on the palate, and I, I still liked it uh, okay there. So, you know, it seems like a big American brown ale, hop hop forward and uh, aggressive. Um, the yeah, the the hops kind of pummel the malt flavor a little bit here, and and um, the the carbon dioxide is just driving off a lot of different flavors and it's pushing everything at you all at once and it's just a little you know it's a little intense altogether and 
a little bit muddled in that way. But, um, you know, still the flavors that are there are pretty, pretty good. I would say just process wise, I'd be, be, you know, be careful, um, when you're, uh, when you're doing your, your, your sparge and things to make sure you avoid any astringency by, you know, keeping your, your water, uh, below like pH six with your sparge water and, and, you know, not pulling off last runnings past like, you know, 1009, 1008 or thereabouts. Um, and, uh, you know, I've never done that. Yeah. I've never done that stuff. It. Yeah. That's why your beer is, that's why my beer is not that great. Yeah. I've, I've been like, you hear it all the time. Well, yeah. I know I said it, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you hear it over and over and over again for however many years I've been brewing, and I've never done it, and that's probably one of the last things I have to do that and, and water adjustments. With a beer like this, there's enough acidity in the malt that you're you're a little safer. I mean, if you're making, uh, you know, I made a, a smash beer last weekend, and it, I had to be really careful about that kind of stuff and make sure, mm-hmm. you know, use some gypsum in the mash to keep the... You know, get enough calcium in there. Anyway, why am I talking about my beer? <laughs> Acidify the sparge water. There's a lot of things you can do to keep make a smoother impression with a uh, a beer. And just you know, I don't know what your water's like. Uh, we can talk about that too. But um, you know, pulling back the carbonation would really help this beer. Uh, I'd pull back the bitterness a bit, uh, and that'll help keep it balanced and kind of avoid a little bit of the harshness and muddledness that I, I was getting in there. But you know, overall, it's a well-brewed beer. It just just needs a little little work in a couple areas, and Lee covered a lot of that already. And uh, but it's yeah, tasty. Let's. What, uh, What'd you give it? I gave it a thirty-one. Yeah, we both gave it a thirty-one. Nice. Well, you guys are both yeah, on so, point today. Yeah, so it's a good beer. It's a good beer. Um, a couple little process improvements could help it. I think. Uh, now, Josh, you wanted to know how it also compared to the original, correct? Of course. Of course. It's a classic. <laughs> Is it? You've never had it before. Well, I feel like if it's a classic, it's everywhere. About it for years. Yeah, there so. you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, well, I'll save the I'll save the guys some some speechifying. I have I've had it a few times. I actually think that beer is too sweet. Not yours, but the original. Um, I find it very overwhelmingly kind of sweet, and I actually prefer yours a little bit. It's a little bit um, on the drier side. I think than hmm. than the original. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I'm finding this bottle to be drier than the other one that we had downstairs, hmm. which is actually the other one's still down there. If we want to do a side by side, because which is is a possibility if it's a bottle condition. If it went into the bottle a little bit under fermented, and some bottles went faster than other, I could you know theorizing that could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, how did your ferment go with this? It was actually a super aggressive ferment. I use some. Uh, I use WLP ninety, the San Diego Super that I had washed and repitched. Mm-hmm. So I pitched. I don't know four six ounces of freshly harvested yeast that had been washed, and For how big one one carboy went off, blow off to made a huge mess in the <laughs> uh, fermentation chamber, of course. And uh, the other one had a little bit more headspace and didn't, you know, blow the lid off. But so pretty aggressive ferment, but otherwise it went well. The carbonation, I normally keg, but knowing that I was going to send this one in, I racked off four bombers worth and used the carbonation drops. You know those little like yeah. sugar pellets where you yeah. put two in a bomber. Yeah, and so maybe that was part of the problem, and that just ended up with the overcarbonation, the two drops. It's possible. I, honestly, I personally have no no real experience using those myself. I've used those before, and it's funny because it, you're you're supposed to use one in a twelve ounce, and then you use uh, two in a bomber, but the bomber is twenty two ounces, so it's less. <laughs> It's not double the beer, but it's double the the carbonation drops that they recommend there. So it would it would push it up a little higher. I sometimes yeah. yeah. Well, and if there's a little bit of residual sugar left, that will push it up higher still. Yeah. Huh. Well, it sounds like from what you're describing with a ferment, we're kind of thinking it should have finished out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would think so. Yeah. Well, maybe it's just a really sweet recipe. 
Well, well, I think that's what like, it is. Yeah. I mean, well, tasting the original, it, I mean, whenever whenever Tasty brings it in, it, it, it for me, it's very sweet. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I, I guess makes sense because he packs it with a lot of hops, but... Uh, and then, yeah, mash at 154, yeah. it says. Did you hit the 154? You know, I, uh, I herms okay. up, and uh, I kind of wasn't paying attention, Yeah. so it got a bit hotter than that. Okay. Because uh, just dirty. manual control on... I just have a copper coil going through my hot liquor tank. Yeah. And, yeah, I wasn't quite paying attention through that whole phase. <laughs> so that could so, lead to a little more dexterous uh, wort to going into the fermenters. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like you, you pitched plenty of happy yeast and you did everything right there. So, you know, um, yeah, it could have just been the high high mash temp. Mm-hmm. So we're trying the first bottle right now. Well, hopefully this one isn't as fizzy as the last. Or as They're sweet. both fizzy, but this is sweeter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nuts. <laughs> so we'll teach you how to bottle off a keg. It is sweeter. Yeah, isn't it? it it's got this kind of malto, malto meal maltiness to it. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like it's a little bit under-fermented. Do you, do, you, do you have any idea if these two both came from the same fermenter or different fermenter? Do you like lose track of that where which one went to what bottle, probably? No, they should have both gone or come from the same fermenter. Right. Huh, interesting. This one is, it, it's a little more alcoholic to me, like up front. Kind of a hotter, sweeter mm-hmm. alcohol thing. Yeah, Maybe I noticed that too, too, just yeah. in my tastings, that there was a clear presence of alcohol. Again, it wasn't the super hot alcohol, but it was definitely there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, Warming. yes. It's definitely warming <laughs> and substantial alcohol. Pretty clean, but yeah, so yeah. It's al- sweet and alcoholic. Yeah. Well, I prefer and yours. Bitter and hoppy. Josh, I'm not going to lie. Well, thank you. <laughs> Very welcome. Uh, do you have any questions for the guys? No, I think that covered everything. I appreciate it. All um, right. Cool. Did, did, was there any other process you were thinking about that we didn't talk about? No, you guys picked up on the two things. Um, I was a little worried about using those carbonation drops, you know, just with the National Homebrew Competition, you know, got to start thinking about that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know that I have a whole lot of faith in those carb drops. I just... You know, sometimes you can, if you if you get a little uh, pot of boiling water going, I'm, I'm paranoid as hell, and I, I, I get a little boiling water going on my stove, I'll put them in a, in a spoon and I'll dip it in the hot water just to get anything off. I mean, because I mean, it's just like, well, grab one of these things and put it in your beer. I'm not going to touch this thing and right. put it in my beer. Yeah, you don't know what, how, how it What's was my, packaged. I, I, if I was wearing gloves and sanitized, then maybe, but right. I mean, it's sitting in this bag that's been open for three months. I used one <laughs> two months ago. I don't know. I mean, I probably yeah. still have some in my garage somewhere I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't use them anymore yeah carbonation is kind of an underappreciated art in the world of homebrewing it's hard to get it really right sometimes i mean yeah the three quarters cup and five gallons of something <laughs> that's totally fermented out will generally give you decent decent you know u.s style carbonation levels but really tweaking it, it can be a little tougher than you might think yeah for sure yeah. but I'll, it's a good beer i'd also say use just use the very freshest hops you can get to the, the hop flavor the hop aroma was pretty nice and the hop flavor was a could have could have used a little more uh, fresh hop character in there, I think, with that for for the style you're going for. But I don't know, you know, how old the hops were, how you store your hops, if you vacuum seal them in your in your freezer, or or, or if you just got them fresh from the store and just used them right up. But uh, anyway, yeah, sound good, Josh. Oh, yeah. Thanks for sending the beer in, man. It was Thanks. it was real good. I hope you got uh, everything you were looking for. I did. Thank you much. Very good. drinkable. Right. I'm, I'm going to finish this sample. All right, Josh, take it easy, man. Thanks again. You Have a good night. All right, buddy, you too. Need another specimen of that brown ale, Dr. Brown? Dr. Brown? <laughs> <laughs> Get yeah. the cup ready for I have here. four beers going here. I've got the, yeah, something from downstairs. You need to drink a little faster. You've yeah. got a tank farm. I don't need time there. for a nap. And yeah. then drive long distances. Yeah. yeah. All right, we're going to take ourselves another break, and then we come back, we're going to do our little final roundup uh, and some cool announcements of some cool things we got going on on, the sh- on future shows. So, Stay tuned, it's Dr. Homebrew. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** 
off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a home brew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the Uber Special Secret Elite Bare Bones Club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy shit. NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. Nico Brew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Hey, Willie, I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Mark, we stop. Look! What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Cat House, boys. Grouse. Creek Monkeys drink free. Awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Swing on into the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House, online at creekmonkey.com. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right, we're back, everybody. It's Dr. Homebrew. Don't worry, we're never going to pour you out. That nurse has been fired. Because the thing said pour you. What do you guys think of the new rejoinder? It's pretty good, huh? Pretty classy? Classy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Classy, yeah. sassy? I missed the last one, actually. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> the one that just played? Yeah. Oh. You don't need to play it again. We'll I'm not going to. Enough, right? <laughs> never again. Yeah, we'll hear it in about, you know, an hour. Right. We'll cool. do the second show. So, uh, all right. Excuse me chugging that last beer uh so we're uh now we traditionally kind of go through the beers that we tried from eric and josh and just kind of recap the stuff that we talked about so eric's beer was pretty much leave it alone right i mean there's a little bit of he admitted that the fact that he prefers oak cubes rather than chips that's supporter so that could help out uh, yeah sorry that's the chocolate porter uh so that'll help out his kind of oak flavors he knew the carbonation was kind of wonked out but uh, he seems to really like the beer where it is yeah, I thought it was kind of cool and, and bold that he declared chocolate in it, even though there's no chocolate chocolate. It's all chocolate malt. Yeah, now, in my oatmeal stout, I, I use pale chocolate, and that's it. And you can kind of taste a little bit of chocolate, but I would never have even thought to to, to declare it as a an ingredient. I right. Mean, in yeah. order to do that, when you enter a competition, if you declare chocolate is in there, it has to be in there and be perceived as chocolate, right? Not... not um, Pseudo chocolate or whatever, well, not it, a, a. It does get perceived as chocolate. You're right. It is a, a bold is a kind word for it, but yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's Brian. Brian yeah. was being kind. It, it did. It did work. <laughs> you know, I I saw the word chocolate. And I went and looked for chocolate, and damn it, I found chocolate found the flavor, and it balanced yep. out very nicely. Thank you. Um, but yeah, he did add no chocolate, so he uh, he pulled a fast one on us there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he slipped one by the goalie. Uh, all right, and then Josh, 
with his uh, American brown ale. Yeah, it's nice to taste different people's uh, interpretations of the the tasty brown, and uh, you know everybody everybody has a different take on. It. I made one with rye once; that was fun. Yeah, rye uh, with rye chocolate malt, chocolate rye malt. Anyway, yeah, this one was nice. Um, it it ha- it it had a really inviting aroma. Um, some things got a little muddled in the flavor with the, the high high carbonation and fighting a little bit with the bitterness and some of the other things going on in there. But uh, overall, it was a pretty nice, hop-balanced um, American brown ale. Yeah, I thought so, too, Lee. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was a good recipe. Um, to my mind, it was basically just a little bit in the sweet side and definitely overcarbonated. Mm-hmm. Fix those two things, I think it'd be wonderful. It'd be pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, that was a good recipe. So uh, Good beer. Yeah, thanks, guys, again. And uh, like I said uh, to Eric, but not to Josh, Five Star will be sending you guys a nice little prize pack. Um, they're very kind enough to to give everybody on Dr. Homebrew a nice little gift. So if you want to have a nice little gift from Five Star and some Master BJCP Judge feedback, email me at jp at com, and I will put you on my list. I will not forget about you. You will email me, and then a month will go by, and you're like, who the fuck does this to people? Uh, I do, and it's me, and it's the only way I can keep anything straight because I'm very unorganized. So uh, email me. I'll have your email, and then as we need people for shows... I will be contacting you, and then you'll be sending your beer in, and you will be talking to us live. Oh, my God. It's so great. The best part is, you know, of course, you get to uh, uh, get that five-star pack. So, thanks to fivestarchemicals.com for yeah, that. forget the feedback. Forget, forget the feedback. Forget you JP's free- colorful commentary. <laughs> it's the five-star stuff. You get free stuff. That's, that's, that's what it's great. all about. You get free stuff and, and, and fame and glory on, uh, on bruto.com slash Dr. Homebrew. It's... So what's new on Dr. Homebrew? Uh, well, what's new on Dr. Homebrew is something that the guys have been uh, talking to me for a while about, and that is a commercial uh, tasting calibration. Right, Lee? You're yes. the one. This is kind of your brainchild, right? Uh, yeah. Why don't you stand up yeah. and take credit for it? All right. I'll take credit for it. I'll, I'll, take, <laughs> the, did it. I'll take the hits for this one. Um, so what is this all about? We're going to get... We're going to let you do what we do along with us. So... Most of these shows, we sit here and we taste over someone's beer, and really the only other person besides those of us in the room who can sit there with beer and think about what's going on and taste the thing at the same time with us is the guy who made the beer right. or the girl who made the beer and maybe a couple of their buddies who might have a bottle, and the rest of the audience is hopefully learning something, but they don't have that beer. So what we're going to do on this next show is we're going to get a commercial beer, something that's widely available. And we're going to let you know what that beer is, and you can have a bottle of it available when we do the show and taste it alongside with us and compare notes so that you can see what's in there and maybe learn a little bit about this, and we can all enjoy a good beer while we're doing that in the process. That's right. Essentially, it is a little bit of sort of basic uh, palate training, aroma, sensory instruction, all those good things rolled into one, a little bit of stylistic analysis on the beer. Like aromatherapy? Aromatherapy, right. <laughs> I, I think it's not going to be enough to help you, JP. But that's, that's what it's all about here. Yes. And this, this will be appearing a couple couple shows down the road? When, what's well, the, what's we're going to be recording uh, December 17th. So if you want to listen live and, and do that whole thing on the 730 show, it'll be um, yeah December 17th. That's a Tuesday, right? That is a it's, Tuesday. We have to change our dates due to holiday uh, that's correct. interferences. Can we have, can we have call-ins? <laughs> we may be able to have Collins. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Lee and I were talking a little bit uh, about it, and we could have a, we could have Collins um, if we don't do a homebrew as well. Mm-hmm. I think, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll see how it goes. We'll see how many people in the chat, and if, if they have any questions we'll, or we'll want to comment JP's on it. In a magnanimous <laughs> right? Well, yeah. Sure. Right. Why not? Yeah. So yeah, we'll be we doing this do. at the seven thirty show at the seven thirty show, and it gets. It goes in the podcast list the first show in January? It should be the first Thursday in January, because our, our posting is the first and the third Thursdays, and we record the shows live on the third Thursdays. Right. Okay. So um, it should be, I might be out of town on that third, thir- or the, excuse me, the first Thursday, um, but it doesn't matter. The posting, podcast goes up anyway. Podcast goes up anyway, <laughs> right. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Automation. The flag flies without you. Right. right. Technology. Yes. That's right. Well, it's really Justin posting it, but right. you know what are you got? Justin do? is our technology. Justin is our technology, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, All right. Yeah, so uh, what's the beer? What's the beer? 
Okay, the beer. We said we get something pretty widely available, so we're going for something widely available and uh, hopefully good. Although you never know, it could be variable. The beer will be Chimay Grand Reserve, the blue label bottle. Uh, get the cork finish, not the not the little not six the, pack, no wh- stubbies. Why? Uh, I think that's more true to the style that this beer was intended to be made as. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, of course, it might exhibit a little bit more variation, bottle to bottle. And then when we're done with the show, you'll have a lot more beer to drink. <laughs> Does the cork really do that much? The cork finish bottles is it really can it really uh, make the beer very that uh, the, the things? It can make the things. Yeah. Okay. All right. It does. Yeah. It really. It, in fact, it makes so many things. It makes a lot of it, things. It's really. It's really. It's really hard to define all the things. It can Shit. do things in two different. It can do good things, and like it might let a little bit of slow aging going on, which you don't get through a glass and a crown cap. Okay. And it might do bad things if the damn distributor let the case of beer stand upright for six months. I don't think uh, it's necessarily uh, just, uh, just the cork either. I think definitely that uh, beer. The larger the container you're storing it in, it, it keeps better and it ages uh, more nicely. And, and, you know, a beer in a 22-ounce bottle from the same batch versus a 12-ounce bottle will taste, you know, slightly different after a couple months of tasting it or out of a keg. You know, it's just... Um, bottle variants. It's other the, things, the, yes. The, the, the temperature, you know, stays more consistent in the middle of the beer and it just stays happier in those big, thick bottles as opposed to the little... Little twelve ounces. All the things. I think. Yeah. I yeah. think that's my personal theory. And there's other things like it's more beer in the bottle, but yeah, more beer in the bottle. Right, yeah. that makes you happy. All right, um, and that bigger bottles might be subject to slightly less temperature fluctuation just because yep. they have more mass. But you never know. It's all okay. crowded in a case. It may not make much difference. Anyways, that is the beer we will be doing. So get yourself a bottle if you're interested and have it ready when we do the broadcast or. Whenever you feel like it with the podcast. There you go. So it's Chimay Blue Label, the Chimay Grand Reserve. That's it. What is that style? That is a Belgian dark strong ale. Uh, or strong dark. I always get the words reversed. Yeah. You should it's also download the, the BJCP style guidelines on your smart apparatus and uh, look up that beer. Yeah, it'll tell you what it's, it's supposed there. to be like. We'll be talking about that a bit, too. <laughs> This is what it should be like. This is what you should be tasting. Uh, great. Well, I can't wait for it. It'll be a first kind of a new new segment on Dr. Homebrew. It'll, it'll be yet to uh, be named. Hopefully, we'll get a cool little uh, audio thing for it. And it'll be a whole bit. It'll be really cool. And you guys will get a lot out of it. And we'll get a lot out of it. And we'll all get a lot out of it together. It'll be like a chat roulette, but uh, podcast style. All right. Well, what do you think, guys? You want to get out of here? Yeah. We're not going anywhere. Well, we're not oh, we're going go anywhere. We're going and leave. We're going to you guys are just going to walk out on me. <laughs> That's right. You would. Right. He told us, "Let's get out of here." <laughs> right. There you go. Belgian dark strong. All right, everybody. Well, thanks again for joining us on Dr. Homebrew. Thanks to Josh and thanks to Eric for sending in beers. You guys are going to get a nice little prize pack from Five Star. And uh, speaking of Five Star, thank you very much, people at Five Star Chemicals. You go to fivestarchemicals.com. They have everything you need to make great beer. They have the cleaning uh, stuff. They have the sanitation stuff. They have little equipment, little gloves and aprons and boots and all that kind of stuff so you can dress up like a real brewer and protect yourself. That's the main thing. Safety is key with working with chemicals. And brewtoad.com slash Dr. Homebrew. You want to check out these recipes that you've heard about just now from the brewers themselves. Uh, head on to our five-star... Uh, five-star, wow. Uh, brewtoad.com slash Dr. Homebrew. They have all the shows there, all our past shows as well. All the BJCP score sheets and the recipes linked right there for your watching pleasure. For your eyeballs to get a little love, everybody. Brewtoad.com slash Dr. Homebrew. Thanks for everybody hanging out in the chat. Thanks to Spider Wrangler. He's here like every friggin' live show that we do, so... Spider, you're the best, man. And uh, we'll see you guys on the side. It's Dr. Homebrew. Thanks a lot.